and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I am Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we are talking about, you guessed it, it's High School Musical 3. We're doing that before we take a deep dive into the tea bag to answer some questions that you asked of us. It is going to be a great episode. <laughs> It's going to be fun. Okay. First category is cringe mode, and we are reviewing the third and final High School Musical. Again, this is just High School Musical 3. There's no fun, snazzy title to it. It's just Wait, season, senior year. Senior year. That's what it's called? Yes. Disney High Plus School Musical me. 3, senior year. Well, that's descriptive. Wow. Thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> cringe mode, High School Musical 3, senior year. And it is true. This one— deals with much heavier (laughs) topics like, you know, choosing between who people want you to be and who, you know, you on the inside want to be and leaving people behind. And it's like a lot of actual heavy stuff, life stuff in this one, which made it really good. This was, besides the first one, I think my favorite. Second one is trash. I think it goes one, three, two. Yes. Wow. Amelia, do you like this one the best? I kind of, I think I like this one the best because of the budget. The budget. Okay, let's get right into it, shall we? Yes. Okay. Let's do some highlights. The budget is so much better. It (laughs) opens on a shot of sweat dripping down Zac Efron's face. It's like walking into a movie theater and like, it's like one of those like Ong Lee, like 4K. Yeah. Like compared to High School Musical 2, I was like, this is like the future of technology. Like you could see every little sweat drip. I was like, thank God. It's so much better. Every single musical number has like six different costume changes and four yeah. different sets. Sharpay's songs. Uh, first of all, the songs are in better. So I think yes. just the the whole budget elevated every single part of this Absolutely. movie. But yeah, certainly the sets and the musical numbers. There's like a thousand kids at the last <laughs> number. So they just had more resources. Disney finally gave this the budget it deserved. Yes. It's so true. But I will say this. We did get a bigger budget, but there, and I appreciate this, there are some low budget touches that I actually <laughs> respect because that is classic textbook high school musical. Um, I, I just want to acknowledge that the last part of the script, they really give up on the script at the end <laughs> when they're when like Troy is just like, I choose Berkeley. You're like, oh, okay. I can't wait to get um, into that at the end of this category, <laughs> what all they decide uh, to do. <laughs> And and the the part, if you look close enough, and this time I had enough time to look close for certain things. And what I'm talking about is Gabriella's uh, Stanford. Well, she gets an early decision into Stanford and it's like listing all of her big accomplishments from high school. And then at the end, it's like likes animals. <laughs> like, are you? That's 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 the most last minute low budget characteristic I've ever seen in a feature film. That will not fly at Stanford. Yeah, <laughs> we all know you only get into the Ivy Leagues by like having some like heart transplant, yeah. like right. full on like sob story. So likes animals would mm-hmm. not cut it. Agreed. Think about being in her freshman year Stanford dorm and they're doing icebreakers like what's one fun <laughs> bag? And amongst other Stanford freshmen, she goes, I like animals. She'd be... <laughs> 
kicked out of that class so fast. She would. Um, Speaking before we move on from the high production value and the big budget, (laughs) I want to give a shout out to the musical number that Zac Efron does when he's all torn up and he's like, where do I go? What do I do? And the set starts turning like a fucking Billie Eilish music video. And he's like (laughs) scrambling around and the whole world is physically turning around him. I literally just saw that two years ago and Billie Eilish was like lauded for this like amazing innovative thing. But no, Zach Efron did it first. So. HSM did it first. Thank you. Give credit it's where great. credit is due. <laughs> yes. Um, Amelia, I know you You have some thoughts on Coach oh, Bolton. Thank you. I well. do. He has like, his hair has changed. It's fine. But um, <laughs> it's still there. It's still bountiful. But I just want to shout out Coach Bolton. Also, Bart Johnson. That's his name. And yes, we do know that he is related to Blake Lively through marriage. But we <laughs> we tagged him in the uh, IG post, which if you guys haven't followed us on Instagram, you should because sometimes we post, sometimes we don't. But I, I've been trying to be better at this. Um, and we had a, a fuck, Mary kill of him, Mr. Fulton, and obviously Sharpay and Ryan's father, Mr. Evans. But anyway, so we tagged him and he actually commented. So mm-hmm. God bless you, Bart Johnson. He was like, this should be interesting. Um, and I just, yeah. So again, I feel like I'm validated with my choice of marrying yes. Mr. Bolton. Yes. And also we get to meet Daddy Danforth in this film and oh, it's yeah. great. He <laughs> is iconic. He is also the guy who stands up and he's like, coach or not coach, but like, ref, that was a foul. So God bless. Yeah, really Daddy made Danforth. the most of his scenes. Really he really did. Out. He has a dad bod, which I appreciate. I respect also stand to him too. <laughs> yeah, I respect all of the fathers. God bless you. Kate, what's um, another highlight? Speaking of, of Coach Bolton's hair, uh, Zach Everett's <laughs> hair has not changed. Um, no. Which actually is notable because he already shot Hairspray before this movie like came out so like he knew that there was, were other hair options in the world and they yeah. willingly were like you have to bring back the bad haircut for the final movie which yeah. I respect I respect he does get pretty buff in this one though he's really that the highlight scene. actually is Zac Efron is like legitimately hot in this one like he he did, <laughs> I did it. say it he's there the record. he's there one other highlight I want to mention is that you can just tell, I think, granted, they're a little bit older. I want to give them credit for their acting chops, but I feel like it's just their own in real life connection. But mm-hmm. Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens have this actually very lovely connection on screen, and they're actually True. flirty. And again, I don't think that's a testament to their acting ability, but perhaps because they're in a real life relationship outside <laughs> of this movie. And then another great part about this movie in general is just that the stakes are a little bit higher. Not that like— a musical in the first one is not, like, engaging enough. But, like, you know, moving to college, there's, like, you know, real relationships. I don't know. I appreciated that this, um, I don't know, stakes were high. It was much more dramatic yeah. than the other Better movies. than the talent show in the second the <laughs> country club talent show. <laughs> You're right. That Yeah, that's about as low stakes as you can get. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do some low lights. Um, the Stephanie Myers rule, which Liz pointed out, <laughs> Is that you cannot introduce a whole slew of new characters in the last installment. People don't care. You've been with the Mm. same characters the whole movie. We don't want to learn new names. I don't have the brain power for that. (laughs) So a big low light for me was that there were a couple new characters introduced in this one. Like Sharpay had like a British assistant and I did not bother to learn her name. I skipped all her scenes. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And then there was also a scene where like there are some freshmen on the basketball team. One of them is named like Rocket Man. I don't know. But (laughs) Zac Efron and... Chad, 
are just like some casual hazing where they steal their clothes out of the locker room and run through the school and the yep. boys are like in towels. Like, not That's okay. not cool. That's mm-hmm. not okay. <laughs> Tea Time does not endorse that. But yeah, otherwise I'm like, I don't, I just need the five core characters and I don't need anyone else in these movies. Yeah, they gave a lot of screen time to Sharpay's British assistant and I did not <laughs> care for that character one no. bit. She sucked. Learn from your mistakes. Um, okay, true. another low light. This is a huge one. Amelia. This is also another, like, what year is this? Obviously, this was done in 2008, but that still doesn't make it okay. Uh, Mrs. Evans, if you watch the ending performance with everyone, they cut to Mr. and Mrs. Evans in the theater, and there she's fucking wearing a goddamn bindi, the whitest woman alive is wearing a bindi and both of them are draped in what looks like traditional Indian cloth. Yeah, she's like wearing a sari. Exactly. There's no context. There's no context. There's also no no explanation online. After watching that scene, I did a lot of Googling. Maybe my Google search, I tried to get uh, very specific and very vague. Couldn't find a single reasoning from anybody behind the scenes on that movie what that choice was. It makes literally no sense. No sense. So it not only is offensive and cultural appropriation, but yeah. it literally does not fit into the movie at all. So it's like, what is going on? They got a lot of screen time in those outfits. They're not really a part of the movie yeah. at all. In this one, they're a big part in the second movie, but there was literally no reason for it. It felt like that whole family, the second one we talked about last episode, cultural appropriation, that whole family is now canceled. They are. Exactly. Cancel the Evanses. Also, low lights. There's Two things. One, as you guys know, I'm pretty researched based on this pod, and there are a couple <laughs> things that simply did not make sense that I feel like need to be addressed. The first is that the idea that Troy Bolton, who's like, you know, big fish in a very small pond <laughs> in this like nice Albuquerque school, hmm. the fact that he did not solicit Juilliard or apply in any way, and then out <laughs> of about 3.7 million high school seniors in the United States of America. Wow, you really did research. I did. Juilliard somehow finds Troy Bolton and his one musical that he did one time in high school and a talent show, perhaps, at a resort. And it's like, we are thinking about you is unbelievable. (laughs) I did the It's like, who, me? There's literally millions of people that want to be in Juilliard. In the middle of freaking New Mexico. Yeah. It makes zero sense. And then the other thing that did not check out was that when Gabriella goes to Stanford for that orientation welcome situation, and then she calls Troy. So for the record, Berkeley or Stanford is in California, and she calls him in New Mexico. So they should only be one hour apart time zone wise. And Gabriella is sitting in the sunshine on this bench in the middle of campus and she calls Troy and he's sitting in his bedroom in the pitch black like late at night and they're like chatting and emotionally connecting. I was like, this doesn't add up. She's not sitting on a sunny California campus when he's in the middle of the night. Doesn't make sense. You're right. You're so correct. Flawless Um, logic. And then one last low light, but this is a bit more depressing, is that I don't know if I'm just a jaded, like, you know, 20 something now, but like, looking at all these kids full of hope and thinking that their long distance relationship was going to last. I just got kind of sad for all of them being like, you know, I'm not sure that Troy and Gabriella are going to live happily ever after as I would have thought maybe when I was in high school. Um, Okay. Next category is what has aged the best slash worst. 
Kate, you go first. Okay, so what aged the best and worst? We got to do like a final fashion roundup. Mm. Some takeaways are that poor Kelsey just never escaped the hats. Neither did Ryan. Kelsey is in, it's it's actually really bad. She's in kind of those, um, I think it's like maybe some mild cultural appropriation as well, where she's in the really long beanie that are like traditionally used, I think, to have dreadlocks in them. But Kelsey, like this like little white girl is just like wearing them for fashion. So that's maybe not great. Yeah. Um, Ryan and just Ryan had some great, actually great looks. There's one <laughs> flash of him where he's in a fedora matching <laughs> checked pink pants and then knee length black boots. No. I was like, oh, Ryan. Um, also, also, is Ryan a furry? Not to pink <laughs> shame, but like he is wearing that Wildcats. He's the um, tail. <laughs> I know, but he's wearing it outside of the basketball game. Did you catch that? It's a lifestyle. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not to shame. Um, also, just they kind of paired Kelsey and Ryan together a little bit. Like, like they were kind of <laughs> testing it out in this movie. And I was like, okay, can we not pretend that yeah. that would ever happen? <laughs> also, I want to say that Sharpay just never escaped fake hair in these movies. Her extensions in this movie are just egregious. I actually um, didn't mind these as much as her wig in the first one. I at least appreciated that they approached it from like the nape of the neck down and not literally right. on top of her head. Correct. Other two hairstyle choices that Kate don't start crying. I know this was like very upsetting <laughs> for you to relive, but I did this hairstyle so many times. It was the only thing I really knew how to do with my stick straight hair, but you take a little piece of the front section of your hair and you do a very simple braid, not a beautiful French braid, not a fishtail that everyone knows how to do now, literally just a braid and you stick it across horizontally your head and you just stick a big clip in there. There was a lot of that in this movie. And then a lot of horizontal headbands pushing down the (laughs) side bangs that just rest like a really ugly crown kind of, but it's on your forehead, not on the top of your head. Yeah. I said in the outline that this was triggering to me because one time, it doesn't matter why, but I had to wear like a crown for a parade. (laughs) What? I'll be asking you about that later. (laughs) In like fifth grade, and I remember going to Claire's and I got like a headband and I was like, here's what I'm going to do instead. This is better. And instead of a tiara, (laughs) I wore the headband like right across horizontally above my eyebrows. And I was like, this is a crown and I look great. And that's what Vanessa Hudgens wore to prom in like their prom scene. She didn't go to prom. It was like a hypothetical like movie dance musical prom. Um, But yeah, that really brought back a lot of memories. I know a lot of you all listening maybe have not had the privilege of like knowing and learning what Kate looked like in high school, middle school, but I have because I friended her on Facebook and have done deep dives. And perhaps now that we're like literally thousands of miles apart, I will feel more brave to do this. But she has had a glow up of all glow ups, our Kate Hallowell. I will be exposing at a different time. The different trends that Kate used to participate in. But anyway, it feels like High School Musical hit you hard, to say the least. That was a real uh, gorilla attack that I was not prepared for. Uh, Also, Liz deleted her Facebook like a coward. So, um, actually, fuck Mark Zuckerberg. We should all delete our Facebook. Anyway. Yes, you did? Oh, okay. Um, Okay, more age, best, worst. Amelia. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. I don't know how to follow this up, but I just want to, just a shout out to the basketball scene. It's actually good. When I heard the (laughs) <laughs> the band playing with the I don't is it the snare drums I wasn't in band so I don't know but like sure. there were like drums and I was like oh I got like transported back to my high school years and because I'm from Minnesota and yes I am quarantining in Minnesota 
I got real deja vu of being like at the state high school hockey tournament to being like, oh my God. So I, I appreciate the opening scene. And also, I think... I'm sorry, but I honestly think that HSM gave us the Thanos twist where, you know, spoiler alert, Thanos, they kill Thanos within the first like 15 minutes. Well, the fucking Wildcats win the state championship in the first 15 minutes. I think they gave us the Thanos twist before the Avengers did. I buy that. Marvel stole everything from High School Musical (laughs) 3 senior year. You heard it here first. Incredible. They did. And also one more thing, and I'm I'm sorry to bring this up, but I just I just want to be clear when you all hear me. Um Gabriella, throughout this movie, she is like, I wanna defer my acceptance into Stanford. And it's just like, bitch, are you kidding me? I have known several women who've done this and I love them. And they're my friends still to this day. I don't know if they listen to this podcast, but <laughs> and, and they've told me that that was one of their biggest regrets in life is giving up their lifelong dream for some dude. And yes. it never turns out well. I'm not joking. Agreed. It never turns out well. And you know what? Team Taylor McKessie, because she was like, girl, he is just some guy that you had your first love with. There will be other guys. And I'm not saying that Troy Bolton isn't hot. He isn't a good guy because actually he he agrees with Taylor. He's like, you have to go to Stanford. So God bless you, Troy. And also God bless you, Taylor McKessie. Yes, agreed. I That was so beautiful. I'll let that sit on its own. But just as a small, just like support of you. Please. Absolutely. She doesn't even say first love. She goes, I get that he's your first crush. <laughs> Which is valid. Yes. This was not some significant life alter. I mean, maybe it is. Sorry. God bless I mean, you. You sang in a musical together like for right. 15 and minutes. You know what's weird? This is also, I know it's Disney, but did you notice that they never actually fully kiss in any three of these yes. movies until the very end? And they'd always get interrupted, like that classic movie trope where like they go lean in, they're so close, and then someone <laughs> interrupts. So who knows if this couple has even kissed before? Basically, Gabriella will go on and thrive at Stanford pre-law, as it turns out she ends up doing. But yeah, thank God for Kelsey. Telling Seriously. her that, even though it probably Or Taylor, hurt. Taylor, sorry, Taylor. Oh yeah, Taylor, Taylor. Okay, let's do MVPs. Kate, you're up. Ashley Tisdale is so funny in all three of these movies. <laughs> she is like the only person with a personality besides Corbin Blue, who is also an MVP in my book. They are doing so much work and getting so little back. And <laughs> I just think that they're both like, just took no days off in the filming of these movies, which I guess is kind of all they had. And still continue to have. Um, but <laughs> I just, they did great work. And hats Agreed. off to them and not Vanessa Hudgens, who is doing very little in all <laughs> these movies, if you ask me. I fully support this. Ashley Tisdale was much less annoying in this movie than she was in movies past. And I actually Agreed. found her quite charming all of a sudden in High School Musical 3. So fully support you on that. Thank Amelia, you. who's your MVP? I just want to shout out the producers who decided that High School Musical 3 senior year would be a better choice than Haunted High School Musical 3, which is a real thing. I looked it up and this is a quote from um, Zac Efron. Yeah, I don't think the haunted thing lasted very long. (laughs) So thank God, because... I mean, it would have been fun to see them in like a Halloween element. Halloween is a very fun holiday, but 
it, senior, come on. How else are you going to end the High School Musical trilogy? You know? Agreed. Agreed. I didn't know this was a thing. And I was like stunned. <laughs> like literally it said they were supposed to be like encountering ghosts in the high school. <laughs> what? I would like to see it. I actually have to say. <laughs> Me too. No, I now I would. Now I would. Okay. Let's do best and worst musical number. I want to give a shout out to I Want It All. Again, our girl Sharpay. Just an exhaustive performance from her. Really? Hats off to you. I also think the, <laughs> it, the trilogy and the musical numbers are at its weakest when, unfortunately, they just solely rely on these people's vocal abilities. Right. And you need to throw a lot of <laughs> glitter and, like, smoke and mirrors in front of these people's vocals in order to be like, that's amazing. But when you have the ballads, which I know we all have problems with, that's when, you know, when you slow down and really look at, like, the bones of the talent, you're like, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe more musical numbers, maybe more costumes. Agreed. And jumping off that, I have never not fast forwarded through one of Gabriella's slow songs. Mm. She gets yeah. a slow ass, boring solo song in every single one of these movies, and they are all a skip. You cannot pay <laughs> anyone in this world a million dollars to sing any of those songs. Nobody knows them. They're not good. That said, there is a slowed down song in this movie that I really liked. And it's when Troy's giving his final speech at graduation. It's not even really a musical number, but they're they're playing like a dramatic <laughs> version of we're all in this together in the background. It's and it hit really hard. From I Disney. have to say. <laughs> totally. It's really good. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And you know what else I enjoyed? I know, Kate, you didn't enjoy this, but I truly, and I, this is embarrassing and maybe reveals a lot more about myself than need be, but... I genuinely enjoyed a lot of these songs slash every one of these songs. I think they're very catchy. And the boys are back. I'm sorry. I know you don't like no. it, but I love it. I love it. Is this the musical number that they do in that abandoned like car? <laughs> yeah, car? that's yes. that's another plot hole. Yeah. Who knew they liked working on cars until this movie? But That was yes. weird. Yeah. Okay, so before we wrap up this trilogy of movies, I just want to talk about the end scene where, like, Legally Blonde, like, it's like a classic movie thing where you kind of give the fate of the characters and, like, what they do next so you can go and think about it later. So let's talk about these people's life's choices. So the end scene is they're graduating, which is, like, also the tail end and curtain call of the musical. I have problems with that, mm -hmm. but— Regardless, <laughs> we'll just move on. Okay, so it's announced that Kelsey, the piano player, is going to Juilliard on that scholarship. Great. Hmm. You deserve it, girl. Well done. Um, Taylor, <laughs> Leave the hats at home. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, the very wise friend of Gabriella, is going to Yale with honors. And I guess they also announced their majors at this time. Again, I have problems, but regardless, it's a movie. So she <laughs> announces her major as like a political science major, which— you know, she wants to be the president later on in life. And then Ryan also gets into Juilliard. Great. Sharpay Evans has announced that she's going to the University of Albuquerque School of Performing Arts, but she is also going to stay behind and help coach the drama team, which I feel disappointed in. It feels like her real-life fate would that she doesn't go to college. She moves to Los Angeles, tries to be yes. kind of like a soap or commercial star, and lives on Absolutely. Melrose. And eventually would be an influencer and a YouTuber. Yes. And <laughs> best case, though. Worst case is right. then 10 years go by and she goes back and teaches drama. Right. True. Exactly. That's not the first choice. You got to, like, try the other routes first. Yeah. 
And you know what's confusing? I'm curious. Do you guys think she was happy with that decision? Like, I couldn't tell. I was trying to read her face. I was waiting for Ashley Tisdale to give me something, a bit of acting, to tell me how Charpay was feeling about her college choice. But she didn't. So that remains a mystery. I do think it's interesting because it's like, I think she thought that she had a real chance. And why not for the Juilliard scholarship? But it's like, if you have Juilliard as one of your options, why wouldn't you have like Yale Drama School or like some other like very prestigious drama yeah. kind of Why program? are those those the two choices? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Then you go to Troy Bolton who announces at graduation like he's like a college athlete committing somewhere. <laughs> I guess he possibly guess he is. is. <laughs> yeah. That he has Maybe. chosen both theater and basketball. Bravo. He's going to <laughs> Berkeley, which is close to Stanford. They're probably going to break up by winter term of freshman year. <laughs> that's okay. And then the last bit, which is so cheesy, although I tried, was him being like, I have also chosen Gabriella. He says some other thing, but that was essentially the gist. Yeah. Okay, a couple more to go through. And if this is boring too, I apologize. We're almost done. Okay, Chad Danforth going to University of Albuquerque. He's going to play basketball. That was his destiny. Great. Got it. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, Troy makes this great speech at the graduation, which Kate mentioned. And overall, watching all those people on the field dancing at the very end, I just got sad for public gatherings. I kind of missed them. Me too. And I just was like, that camaraderie, I was like, wow. And the, even the musical, I was thinking about like all the, you know, like when this first happened, all the like canceled musicals, people were like posting yes. their rehearsal videos yes. on Twitter. And I was like, oh, the musicals that didn't happen this year. I know it made yes. me really sad too. I know. But right, I'm, well, ending, dark. I'm ending on a high note though, because as a nice okay. button to this, Kenny Ortega, actually today this came out. He is the director of High School Musical and he is one of the honorees of Variety's Power of Pride list. So he was interviewed for the magazine and he talks about Hocus Pocus, an iconic movie. And mm, then yes. also High School Musical and like the queer influence that he put from his own life onto these movies. So... The person asked him, he goes, do you think there's a queer aesthetic that runs all your movies? And he goes, yes, for sure I do. The character of Ryan in High School Musical, who's Sharpay's twin brother, we decided he's probably just going to come out in college. It was less about coming out and more about letting his true colors come forward. So then the following question is, would it have been possible when you made High School Musical to have Ryan be openly gay? And he said, I have to be honest with you. I didn't think at the time, and Disney is the most progressive group of people I've ever worked with. I was concerned because it was family and kids and Disney might not be ready to cross that line and move into that territory yet. So I took it upon myself to make choices that I felt those who are watching would grab and would see it, they would feel it, and they would know and identify it. And that's what would happen. So- yeah, I was going to say, he's about as out as he can be without saying that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that I, is beautiful. Listen, Kenny, the pink plaid pants just spoke volumes. <laughs> Great work. Exactly. That's all you need to do. Okay. Oh, God. I love um, it. Next week, we're going to do the extended canon, right, Kate? Yes. Yeah, we got to talk about the uh, the Corbin Blue jump rope movie. That's my main uh, strategy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stay tuned. Next category is from the teabag. I just want to give a shout out to all of you. You have leveled up. These questions were unbelievable. <laughs> You've outdone Amelia, yourself. Give us the, so we're going to do a little bit now and we'll continue to sprinkle them, right? I'm assuming we didn't get to all of them. Yeah. Yes. We did that last time. We've been doing like unanswerable slash from the teabag. So we'll continue to answer these. Okay, great. Let's get into it. 
first question is from Audrey Altman. And she asked, what book slash TV show slash movie from 2019 to 2020 do you think will qualify for cringe mode in 10 years? And Audrey, great question. I have a lot of ideas. I'm glad you do because I had none, actually. <laughs> oh, great. Let me sell you on a couple. Okay. I would say any— I'm sorry to hate, but any Kieran and Shipka Netflix movie is going to be in cringe mode. I had to watch what? Let It Snow a couple months ago. <laughs> oh. Not a good movie. I think a lot of Netflix stuff in general, like Outer Banks, I think Riverdale, mm. The Kissing Booth. Riverdale's great. Tall Girl. Okay, I exaggerated when I said that I had none because I had two things written down and they were Netflix original movies. <laughs> so what? we're on the same wavepoint there. And I had Cats. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. That's a so. very obvious one. Yeah, I <laughs> find you. that these some of this, this cringy Netflix stuff, I even right. now, I mean, that's what we do kind of is poke fun at a lot of them. But I can't imagine in 10 years looking back and being like, what the hell was this? Especially Riverdale, Tall Girl, and The Kissing Booth. <laughs> I think the difference that. is that the things we've talked about had like this cult following. You know, like yeah. Glee, mm-hmm. Twilight, High School Musical have all been like super popular in their time. And it's hard yeah. to think of something that is like, huge and super popular that's like not going to age well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm also curious how long the obsession will last for some of these. Like Outer Banks, it was huge amongst young people. But I don't know if they'll be talking about that for years to come. Maybe they'll do multiple seasons and Chase Stokes will continue to be like a lifelong heartthrob. We'll see. I also think that in 10 years, we'll just look back at a lot of the reality TV that we're obsessed with right now. Because if you look back even a couple years from The Bachelor, it's so cringy. A lot of their style and just like the way everyone was treated, et cetera. So have a lot of ideas. If we're still doing this in 10 years, we got a lot of content. God forbid. <laughs> um, okay, just next kidding. one, Kate. Um, okay, I got this next question in my Instagram DMs and somehow deleted it so I don't remember who sent it, but it was a great question. And the question was, give your updated Chris ranking quarantine <laughs> edition. And I think this was inspired by pictures of Chris Pine that came out this week of him. <laughs> and he literally started trending worldwide. And people were like, oh my God, I thought Chris Pine was dead or did blackface. And no, it just turns out he went out in a mask looking really hot in a pair of shorts and he bought a <laughs> lot of books from an indie bookstore. And that's all it takes. It's kind of like when Paul it. Meskel went viral for his paparazzi pictures. Um, so unproblematic King Chris Pratt, or it's not Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, um, <laughs> is definitely the number one Chris in quarantine. Chris Evans, I've got at number two. His bipartisan politics thing has aged really badly, especially lately. But I watched Knives Out with my mom the other day, and it's a Mm. great stuck-at-home watch. Uh, So he got credit for that. And he also has been doing Zoom interviews for his show, I think, on Apple. And he's been wearing a lot of very tight (laughs) T-shirts. So I put him at number two for those things solely. It took me a minute to remember who the other Chris's were. And so I completely (laughs) forgot about Chris Hemsworth. Uh, And so he's in third because his action movie on Netflix was bad, and we need better from him in these trying times. And then Chris Pratt is four, obviously. And I looked <laughs> at his Instagram to be like, what is Chris Pratt doing? And I want to note that he posted a black square on his Instagram for the Black Lives Matter thing, which a lot of people did. But it was a an eye-opening look at the kinds of people they're fans of Chris Pratt because the most upvoted comments on his Instagram posts were all, all lives matter. What are you doing? This Yikes. isn't helping. He's so, bad. And literally, it was like that. thousands of likes. I literally was like, how are these the most popular things? So, Yikes. I guess that's not his fault, but I like eh. lost some brain cells reading the comments. I feel so, like your fan base also says a lot of just right. about who I you would are agree. a celebrity and what you do. So I exactly. would say that is a reflection of him. So bye. 
Yeah, and that, and he's just like on a farm. Other than that, so he's just <laughs> firmly in number four. Uh, but yeah, Chris Pine, unproblematic king, really leading the pack. <laughs> wow, Great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, next question. Um, this is from at M Holloway twenty two. This is a fun question. What was your overwhelming middle school perfume? And she said that hers was cucumber melon and her best friend's was warm vanilla sugar. This is a great question. Bath and, and body works for the win. Yes. As I, someone, oh yeah, no, go. I was just going to say blanket statement. I feel like all women fall into you either <laughs> a cucumber melon girl or you're a warm vanilla sugar person. Yes. I was absolutely warm vanilla sugar from bed. Me bath, too. From but my sister is cucumber melon. It's just, it makes sense. You know, you're one of the was, other. I was cucumber melon. I'm not going to lie to you. I worked at Bath and Body Works. <gasps> my, that was like my first job out of, I guess, high school. And well, I, I had like a couple jobs in high school, but like that doesn't count until like you actually have a job where you're right. like, I'm going to work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me tell you, it was an eye-opening experience. This was <laughs> me going to the Mall of America. My job was at the <gasps> Mall of America in oh Bloomington, Minnesota. Yes. And <laughs> who boy. Black Fridays. You have not experienced a true Black Friday until you've experienced it at the Mall of America. And um, I will say this. There are a lot of very scented things at that store, but they have great candles. And they do. They do. And (laughs) their scents are fun. They have fun scents. And I love cucumber melon. So. I have something extremely embarrassing to add to this conversation, (laughs) but I can't. I want to be truthful with you guys, and I want to be open on this podcast. And I have to admit that I may or may not still wear a perfume that I bought in the eighth grade. I just keep fucking buying it. It hasn't been sold out yet. And that is Britney Spears' Fantasy perfume. It's a pink circular bottle with green rhinestones all over it. It was released in 2005 for the first time. I bought it in the eighth grade and I still buy it now and it's getting harder and harder to find. But (laughs) in my defense, it smells fantastic. It's still like a vanilla, in the vanilla family. So I haven't grown up too much. And I've gotten a lot of compliments over the years. I hide it underneath my bathroom cabinet. No one can see what it is. It's hideous, <laughs> but it makes me smell good. And I'll buy it until the end of time. That's timeless. Wow. It's an iconic fragrance. She's made several <laughs> iterations of it. So, you know, she I has. don't blame you. And that That's one's amazing. the best one by far. Okay, next question. Okay, I did not put this in the outline. I would imagine that my nemesis, Liz Kelly, did. Um, <laughs> this is from Robin, and she said, I would love to know from Kate what it's like being a triplet. I didn't put this in the outline because I never have a good answer for this. So I went, because I'm at home right now, I went and complained to my mom, and I was like, Mom, I never have a good answer when people ask what it's like being a triplet. And she was like, well, I'll tell you what you should say. <laughs> and she said that I should say, which is true, uh, that I basically approach life as a triplet pretending like my siblings were just like there for daycare and would be picked up any minute. (laughs) And then it was just me. Um, And she used an example of like when, apparently when they switched us from like, well, I took up like 80% of the womb. So I guess that's like also, there were like three of us in there and it was like all me. But apparently when they switched us from like cribs to big kid beds, they like gave us the whole, I don't know how old we were, like four. I don't know when you do that. But they gave us the whole speech, like, stay in your bed just because you can get out. Doesn't mean you should. And, like, a half hour later, I just, like, rolled out of the bedroom, climbed up on the couch with my parents and was like, okay, like, good job, team. We put the other two down. Like, what are we doing? What are we watching? Like, what are we up to tonight? So, apparently, that was just my general standpoint. I wouldn't say that that's my standpoint now, but. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's classic. Uh, That's what it's like. I love that. 
Okay, next question. It's got two quarantine questions because I feel like we should answer those. Um, okay, next question is from at Noel Aranda. They asked, times you've worn jeans during the quarantine. And I needed to put this in the outline because I think I stand <laughs> alone amongst the tea time group. I put on jeans several times a week, maybe four to five. Wow. Um, they suck me in. They make me feel more productive. And <laughs> feeling that tight grip on my legs just shows me that I'm at work. <laughs> that sweatpants just really can't do. So Why don't you I love yourself? Quite often. <laughs> I don't, Kate, you know, that's an off-mic question. And we can discuss that later. <laughs> okay. Next quarantine question is from Mary at Clichés and Coffee. Asked, favorite leisure wear item of quarantine and most ridiculous purchase slash online shopping spree of quarantine. I'm an enormous idiot and I have been buying a lot during the quarantine. I can't even, I bought makeup for absolutely no reason. Haven't put that on in ages. I bought white jeans. I don't know where I think I'm going. Not anywhere with white jeans. But my most egregious online purchase has been, I thought that I was going to work out for a bit there at some point. <laughs> so I bought those workout bands that, you know, stretch and they give you a little, they're supposed to do great things for your whole body. Bought a set on Amazon, but unfortunately, I think I bought the men's version. So they're quite heavy. I can't do anything with them. They just keep me in an iron grip. I can't move in any way. And I have a set of three. So if you want them, DM me. Because <laughs> have, you t- have you tried to use them while not wearing jeans? Haha. Um, I can't move them at all. I can't. I put them on my legs. I, I can't move an inch. They're too heavy. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, no. That's tough. Um, um, yeah. I would say that my most ridiculous purchase of quarantine is that I think I'm going to adopt my parents' foster cat and bring it back with me. <laughs> yeah. Cute. Because I'm going to be lonely in my apartment for the next six months. That's so, a great idea. That's my impulse purchase. <laughs> oh my gosh. The living being. Much better than white jeans. Yes. <laughs> no, well, a little bit better. <laughs> Amelia, have you made any impulse purchases? My impulse purchase? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you guys and it's embarrassing, but yeah, I might've bought a switch just to play Animal Crossing. And you know what? Yeah, you're saying like you spent a lot of money. Well, guess what? It's my money and I can do what I want with it. And I've saved a bunch of it. So yes, I wanted a switch and I bought it. So Absolutely. if you want to come for me, then fine. <laughs> Wait, you seem to be loving Animal Crossing too. <laughs> True. While we're here, Amelia, can you tell the people where you got that mask? Because we got a lot of DMs about oh, that yeah. Britney Spears one. Yes, just- the Britney Spears mask. You guys... Wear the mask because it not it makes me feel a lot cooler than I really am. And also, it's just, it's smart. And Mandy Moore posted a great thing to her Instagram that was like, this is what you're like when you wear a mask and when you don't, when you're talking to people. But anyway, go to the Instagram account, official Sean Penn. I know that sounds crazy. It's not really Sean Penn. It is <laughs> this woman named Caroline Goldfarb. And she has... Not only she doesn't have only the Britney mask, which is iconic, but she has um, masks of Larry David, Oprah, Judge Judy. <laughs> she has Dolly Parton, Fran Drescher as the nanny. She has like a lot of masks that you want to buy and wear because they're really fun and great conversation starters. They're really cool masks and they're also lightweight. They're awesome. And again, you are being safe and healthy and you are care about other people when you wear it. I love that go. Mandy Moore was the person who got credit <laughs> for like a very helpful science-based graphic that's going around everywhere. But thank you, Mandy Moore. Thank you, Mandy, so Moore. Mandy Moore. You are the difference. Okay, next question. 
Um, my mom submitted several questions, some of them yes. to me, some of them via Instagram, and I picked her best one. She said, you guys talk a lot about thousands fashion trends that you hated, <laughs> which we do. Uh, what fashion trend would you like to see make a comeback? Great question. So I, I put a lot of thought into this. I considered like flared jeans, which I actually do Ooh. like. Okay. But Liz really, uh, really set me back when she was talking about the things I used to wear. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to go with ponchos because I think what? that any any environment in which you can wear a blanket is good. Oh, true. And so you guys remember when there used to be those ponchos where like you it was like oh, like you looked like you crocheted it yourself and you would just like <laughs> wear it. And it was like a yes. hole for your head. And like it was like a fast Liz looks like she doesn't know what I'm talking about. I think it um, rained like twice in my whole childhood. So I can't exactly. Well, relate. No, not like not like rain ponchos, like blanket ponchos. The hell? No, they didn't make it in California. <laughs> Amelia, do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Thank you. I knew several girls who wore those. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're like sweaters, but they're ponchos. It's like a blanket with a head hole. Exactly. Um, so I'm into that. Um, I want Uggs to come back mm. in the yes. cold weather. They're very heavy on your legs, but they're quite comfortable and you just clomp around everywhere. Um, Uggs are I want- perfect. I want very straight, choppy hair to come back Ooh. because that's what I have. And I don't have the beach waves that everyone has that Kate has perfected. And then lastly, ballet flats. Where are you? I'm so tall. I don't that's like That's a tall heels. girl thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Those are cute. Amelia. Those are my three answers. I Any would trends? say, I mean, I feel like graphic tees have never really gone away. But Ooh. I don't know the sassiness of how they used to be in the yes. aughts. Like Britney Spears rocked. So many good graphic tees. One was all like, I'm the American dream. Another was like, dump him. And I wish those would come back because they're iconic. They're what was the Paris Hilton one that you always post pictures of? <laughs> well, someone, it wasn't actually stop being poor, but oh. <laughs> it, she, they made it like that. But it was, it was another word. It wasn't actually stop being poor, but Got that's it. the meme. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. too on the nose. Yeah. Okay. Let's do the last one. Amelia, it's all yours. Okay, this is the last one. Olivia Suarez, God bless you, at Olivia M. Suarez. Tea time. I would love to hear your favorite slash least favorite contestants on American Idol, the original, not the reboot. And she said that she feels like I would, in particular, do a stellar deep dive. Thank you, God bless you, on this, given my love of reality re- reality TV. And you are so right, Olivia. I, <laughs> whew, if we're talking about American Idol, I have loved American Idol. Ever since it was on, I voted for friggin' Kelly Clarkson when she wow. yeah was up against Justin Guarini. Girl power. Um, <laughs> I remember Clay versus Ruben. I remember mm. Fantasia Barino. Mm. I I just I was a huge American Idol stan. I went to the fucking concert of the first <laughs> one. That's really embarrassing. It was like my wow. first concert. Oh my yes, God. I. I still have like the poster in my bed. Well, not in my bedroom, but like in my bedroom closet. It's fine. We'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> but I will say I have so many favorites. I mean, I love Kelly Clarkson for all that she's done lately. And just in general, she has really taken her platform and made it a career. You know, she won an mm-hmm. Emmy, a daytime Emmy recently. So Kelly, you have a stellar voice and you're just a star. I would also say, you know, <sighs> I don't, I mean, I love, okay, this is embarrassing, but I did 
when I worked at Disney, not to be like when I worked at Disney, but you when say I worked that at every Disney, time. every time, <laughs> <laughs> um, they God bless them for the one time they gave me a trip, a free round trip to Orlando, and I got wow. to interview. Yeah, because they knew I was such a huge American Idol fan. They knew I was a, a huge fan, and when the reboot happened on ABC, which Jesus Christ it is not if you've any he- heard any of the kids on this version. Not good. They are not good singers. I'm sorry. Um, The high school musical band could just blow them out of the park. But anyway, they gave me a free ticket to like do some dumb interviews with people in Orlando a couple of years ago. And I got to meet Ruben Studdard. I got to meet. Yeah, it was very exciting. Uh, Chris Allen. And I got to meet Jordan Sparks. Oh, my gosh. I love Jordan Sparks. (laughs) She was so nice and just statuesque and beautiful and great. And she's just like, oh, God, she radiates talent. And everyone, everyone was great. Everyone was so nice. And it was like a thousand degrees. And I was just like, I love you all. And I still have pictures on my phone. It's really embarrassing. But you know what? I just I love American Idol. I do. I, the old version only, though. So were yeah, there any you. contestants you remember just like truly hating? There's one that stands out <laughs> to me personally. I was really into it until like David Cook. That was, I tapped out after <laughs> David Cook. Who yeah. is like your least favorite contestant? <laughs> David Cook was pretty bad. Um, there I was like a guy David named- Cook. Oh, <laughs> you did? Oh. after that. No, he was kind of pathetic, but I'm sorry. I, I didn't like, um, what's the guy's, Constantine? He Constantine was a little Marulis? annoying. Yes. He thought he was hot shit. And I was like, dude, you are not. And then there's also a video of him being interviewed where he like tries to do a high kick and he falls <laughs> flat on his ass. And it is really funny. Google do you it. remember? Um, do you remember Sanjaya? Yes, oh I do. God. Of course I do. Sanjaya. That was like, like actually really concerning to me. Like at the time, I remember being so horrified thinking that he was going to win. Mm. That but was, he like, didn't. Really Thank traumatic. God. I remember Carrie Underwood's audition where she did that oh. trend, speaking of old fads, where she had stick straight um, yes. bangs and then very curly hair <laughs> all around it. But that is my only memory of American Idol. You know, always- we were so into it. Really? Oh, my- same. Yeah. Same with my family. I always get Carrie mixed up with uh, Kelly Pick- Pickler. Kelly Pickler. Wow, that's oh, tough yeah. on Carrie. Did she come from Sorry. American Idol? Yeah. Yes, she did. And now oh she's like a show in Tennessee or something. It's incredible. Damn. They were all really successful for a while there. I, I want to see the voice. Do Jennifer that. Hudson didn't even win. Oh my. Yeah. Of oh my. Yeah. Iconic. There were like yes. there was a while where there were like three contestants from every season that were like moderately successful. Oh, yeah. Chris I, Daughtry. Okay. Mm. Okay. We're gonna have to okay, wrap so, this in at some point. On that um, note. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, Olivia, for that question that obviously spurred something <laughs> deep in Amelia. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, that's it for this week. You guys have (laughs) suffered enough. Thank you so much to Kaya, our producer. Thanks for all the questions. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. 